A recurring subject we discuss in the Empath podcast is how great content can drive traffic to your website, create leads and increase business. My latest guest has put together web content, including blogs and podcasts, since 2006. His latest project is a feature-length video documentary called Boom! Demographics are Destiny. It's about baby boomers and their financial circumstances, what financial advice they need and what opportunities they represent to the financial advisor community. Hear how he came up with the idea for the video and the challenges he faced putting it together. Listen to launch plans for the documentary and the lessons he learned about producing standout content. That's right here in episode 15 of the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. Hi, it's Roger Edwards here, and you're listening to the podcast for providers and advisors looking to share business ideas and inspiration in the world of protection and finance. For each episode, you can find the show notes and links to things we talked about at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. So let's get on with the show and prepare to be inspired. So let's get started. I'm delighted to introduce my guest today and he is Martin Bamford. Martin is Managing Director of Informed Choice, a firm of chartered financial planners in Cranley, Surrey. He's a chartered financial planner and CFP professional working with elderly clients and trustees as well as being responsible for the marketing within the firm. Martin's well known as an innovator within the financial services sector as the first IFA to publish a podcast and one of the first to write a blog. So Martin, welcome to the Empath Podcast. Thank you, Roger. Thank you for having me. How are you today? Uh, very well, thank you. It's a, it's a beautiful autumn morning here in Cranley, um, and uh, yeah, looking forward to having a hopefully a wide-ranging chat about all these, uh, all these lovely marketing discussions. Yeah, marketing's my passion. I think you're fairly uh, strongly into it as well. But before we get to that, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about yourself, Martin. Tell everyone a little bit about your background so we can get to know you and find out a little bit about what makes you tick. Sure. Okay. Um, I, I guess it was it was always inevitable I'd end up as an IFA because my parents are both IFAs. They started this business in 1994, so 20 years ago. But I've got to say, until I um, I graduated from university and started looking around for for career options, I it wasn't it wasn't sort of set in stone. This is what I do. I think I originally had interviews to go and become a recruitment consultant and all sorts of other nasty things. So in school, I, I wasn't ever particularly academic. I really struggled through school and college. And it was only when I switched to more I guess more vocational studies so I I took an HND in business and finance uh, and then went on to top that up to a degree in business management that I I sort of got a bit more interested in all these subjects I mean anything that's that's dry and academic for me doesn't really push many buttons Um, so I I did that I left school left university with a reasonable degree in business and um, ended up working for some life insurance companies for a couple of years as a broker consultant for my sins and then joined the family firm in 2002, uh, right at the bottom, doing administration work, doing some power planning, as it was not known then, but 
uh, as, as it's known today, um, and then eventually became an advisor a couple of years later, and uh, it's it's all gone from there, really. And what sort of advice do you focus on, Martin? Is it holistic across the board, or are you, are you focused on specific niches? Personally, um, I've decided only in the last year or so, so I, I took a bit of a break from advice that lasted a couple of years um, to focus on the management of the business and, and putting in place processes and systems and uh, various marketing systems. And at the time, we were managing a number of uh, self-employed financial planners that needed um, needed quite a lot of attention. It's fair to say, so um, it wasn't uh, wasn't particularly practical for me to be managing a client portfolio and managing the business. But when I returned to advice, which was about a year ago today, actually, um, I made a conscious decision to focus on a couple of niche advice areas. So that's for me, care fees planning, but also trustee investments. But as a firm, we we cover a, a fairly broad range of uh, of advice areas, um, more or less everything except for mortgages. As the marketeer within the firm. I was intrigued to learn about the fact that you were the first IFA to publish a podcast and one of the first to write a blog. Now, I've been blogging for a long, long time, but I'm still relatively new to podcasting. The Empath Mm -hmm. podcast, as you know, has only been going for 14 episodes, so three months. I've been doing a fitness podcast for about 18 months on the back of that. So you're you're way ahead of me in in uh, in in the podcasting world. Tell us a little bit about how you got into blogging and podcasting and what what a difference that's made to your business going through. Um, I think it's it was really a consequence for us of of just trying new things and, and trying to bring a bit of innovation into into the business into the sector. So podcasting, I, I remember I had an idea for podcasting on a um, on a ferry back from the Isle of Wight one Sunday when I was reading the Times and um, there was a talk about the BBC podcast. And I thought, well, you know, if the BBC can do it, we can do it. Um, so I started uh, started learning sort of all the technical bits. And back then you, you had to write your own RSS feed, which is all done automatically now by various websites. But you had to really get techie and get sort of get your hands dirty to make it work. But yeah, for a couple of years, we um, we recorded regular podcast episodes and, um, and published them. And at around the same time, I think we were already blogging back then as well. This was back in I don't know, 2006, 2007. Yeah, blogging was something we originally started doing using the Blogspot uh, blog website and then we moved it to our own uh, our own website and brought it in-house a couple of years later so it, as I say it's really about trying new things and not not sort of being afraid to give new things a try uh, and see how we could how we could you know apply them for the benefit of our business and as one of the first people to do this Martin did you see increasing traffic to your website increasing leads as a result of the blog and the podcast yeah absolutely I mean the blog is uh, was and still is I guess a primary uh, source of traffic to our website and in terms of inquiries new, new client inquiries for the firm it tends to be around a third of our new client inquiries comes from blogging from the associated sort of social media and online activity so yeah it, it absolutely that went up from I guess 5% from when people used to find us on various IFA directories and things to about 30% in the space of a couple of years after we started after we started blogging and podcasting and as the marketer within the firm what would be the one thing that you would say to other financial advisors who are looking to market their business what do they need to do in the current digital landscape to get themselves seen? Um, I think you, you definitely need to be different um, there's no sense in going out and just doing the same as everyone else because the, um, the digital scene at the moment is a very crowded, very busy place um, you know, a couple of years ago, two, three four years ago you could have started an IFA blog, you could have written a blog or two a week and it would have given you a lot of traffic these days there's an awful lot of others doing the same uh, unless you do 
something that's particularly different? You develop your own style that, that appeals to a certain audience, or you just find new ways to market. Um, it's, it's very difficult to capture people's attention and, and take, the, uh, take the eyeballs off the competition. Unless perhaps you did it in a very concise local environment, if you just decided to become the blogger within Bognor Regis or the blogger within Aylesbury or whatever it is, to try to just look at your local client bank. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of niche focus, I think. I mean, we're, we are still, by our own admission, too, too generalist when it comes to our marketing. It's something we're addressing at the moment so to really refine our target audience our messages but yeah i think the more niche you can be whether it's by geography or it's by client sector or by advice area yeah become known as a specialist for a certain area or certain advice market and um, it it just makes that mission so much easier there's less competition when you're you know the expert for care fees planning in cranley than there is when you're the expert for financial advice in surrey or financial advice in the uk indeed so you've done the writing You've done the audio through the podcast. Yep. You are about to launch something quite exciting in the video uh, sector. So this is the part of the Empath podcast where we, we, we focus on a specific subject. And, and that can be a product launch or a marketing campaign or simply a hot news story. But today we're going to talk about your new upcoming video, which is called... Well, you tell us what it's called. Um, so it's, it's called Boom, uh, Demographics of Destiny. And it's a feature-length documentary movie about the the post-war baby boomer generation and how they're, they're reaching retirement from now and for the next 20 years. And just remind everybody, what is a baby boomer? I'm sitting here thinking, am I a baby boomer? <laughs> I'm about to find out, I think. You are. Um, the definitions vary a little bit. In the UK, um, it's generally considered to be somebody born between 1946 and even 1964 and 1974, depending on which, which definition you, uh, you, uh, you sort of subscribe to. But it's, it's effectively after the Second World War, there was a, a bit of an explosion in the birth rate yeah lots of lots of people yeah living standards were improving and there were all sorts of reasons why people were settling down and starting families after the war so from the uh, the mid 40s through to the mid 60s and a bit later um, we had this sort of bulge in the population charts and it's uh, it's created this this lovely baby boomer generation and uh, importantly they're all um, they're all reaching retirement age about now yeah, so I may have just missed out on that I was born <laughs> in 1965 so depending upon your definition I might not be a baby boomer. there we go we'll go with the kind generation <laughs> A kind definition, which doesn't doesn't include you, shall we? <laughs> Absolutely. So, tell us a bit about more about Boom and the and the video and and how you came up with the idea. Take us right back to the beginning when you had that light bulb moment. Okay. Um. Well, this this was just over a year ago, uh, and what we'd started doing was interviewing um, some local business owners, and we were we were sort of identifying local business owners that were doing sort of things quite special. And we were going off and we were interviewing them and putting it on a YouTube channel and making sort of 10, 15 minute long videos. Find out about what made them tick, uh, you know, what, their, what their goals were in their businesses and in their lives. And, and really the aim for us was to get to know the local business community a bit better, give them a bit of promotion, um, but also to build our network. And um, it was after we'd, we'd done about 10 or 12 of these and we were driving back from one of them. And I said, well, look, we've got all this lovely kit now and we're, yeah, we're getting a bit better at editing video. Why don't we take it to the next stage and, and make a documentary with it and at the same sort of time I was I had an idea for a book because I've I've written a number of personal finance books as well and I thought well I could write another book but actually going back to what I said earlier about this current digital scene and marketing becoming so much more crowded and and harder to get people's attention is another book really going to get people's attention in the same way as a documentary will so I think yeah from that point onwards the the decision was made actually this wasn't going to be a book initially this was going to be a a, a documentary movie and it's very interesting because you 
you've written it, you've filmed it, and you've edited it. Yep. Um, <laughs> the only things I haven't done, I haven't done the voiceover, and I haven't um, played any music in it. People will be quite glad to hear. Um, so yeah, I've 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 been you know, everything from planning the uh, you know, the production of it, interviewing people, and filming it, uh, and then editing, and and now onto uh, onto promoting it. And of course, you've got Paul Lewis from the BBC, who's a, a very well known financial services journalist he's actually doing the narration absolutely yeah so i, I wrote a script which uh, which paul very kindly um uh, provided some input into as well edited for me and uh, he then went away and recorded it and i've got to say the second i dropped uh, what, what i did initially when i was editing the movie is i recorded the narration scripts myself as a sort of scratch track just so i could see where, where everything fitted in and, and how it looked and sounded and the difference it made once i took my voice out and put paul's voice in as a pro- true professional that he is was incredible um, all of a sudden I dropped his voice in and it felt like the movie was a, a, a proper movie <laughs> if I can say that a, broad, a broadcast quality program oh, the, the sort of thing that you would definitely see on the BBC and I'm, I'm just looking at the website for, for Boom uh, Demographics of Destiny here Martin and you've got a really impressive lineup of people on there I, I recognise pretty much all of the names people like Justin Urquhart Stewart Andrew Montlake Fiona Tate used to work with her at Scottish life uh, claire walsh john perks how did you pull all of these people together and yeah everyone seemed yeah delighted and i, I was incredibly grateful that uh, the response i got everyone i asked said yes um i don't think I'd, i approached anyone that uh, that sort of came back and, and was was sort of anti the idea of appearing uh, appearing in the movie so it was it was wonderful it, it was really um i guess the benefit of of you know, being an IFA and, and being quite active in the in the industry for the last uh, twelve plus years, uh, you know, being well connected to these people and, and just having the uh, I guess having the guts to go out and ask them and you know ask them for their time, which they donated kindly to the project. And of course, it's a pretty big project, uh, effectively producing a TV standard program. What challenges did you face getting the video off the ground, and how did you overcome them to make it work? That's a good question. I. I've got to say, when I started this just over a year ago, um, other than knowing how to work a camera and how to publish to YouTube or, or Vimeo, I didn't know anything about making a documentary. So um, my first step was to spend a lot of time reading guides on the internet, looking at YouTube videos about how to light interviews, how to edit using Final Cut Pro, um, how to how to distribute movies, all sorts of things. And the wonderful wonderful lesson from that, I guess, is that anything you want to do out there, whether it's writing a book or making a documentary, the information is out there now. Um, you can watch YouTube t- t- tutorials, and I've, I've used YouTube before and watched tutorials to learn how to play the ukulele in a week. Uh, <laughs> anything you want to do, you know, whether it's business or personal, you can watch on YouTube now and you can learn how to do it. People, people are willing to show you um you know the exact steps but yeah for me the challenge really was was bringing it all together i had all these wonderful ideas and i was starting to do lots of research and it was it was well how do i make this a coherent message rather than just a, a couple of hours of you know rambling interviews and and sort of thoughts about the uh, the, the issues faced by the baby booming generation i've had during this process and i was going to ask you there to tell us what the one big idea that comes out of the video is going to be but i think that's probably a little bit unfair fair you want you're going to want people to actually watch it so what what's the one big idea that's come out of the experience that you've had putting this program together that you'd like to share with the listeners of the empath podcast 
Um, I guess that would be um, that as as financial planners, um, we have to have a really deep understanding of, of sort of the various issues faced by our clients as they as they enter retirement. And I guess for me, in the past sort of decade as an IFA, um, that that's focus for me has always been on the financial stuff. Um, the sort of softer, more lifestyle issues have been uh, have always been important, but I've never had that really deep understanding. Um, but that past year researching the, the movie and in, carrying out the interviews, etc., editing them all down afterwards. Um, some of the stuff I've learned about um, issues like dementia and age-related diseases, um, about you know, caring, social care and caring the family, uh, but also about things like dying and death um, have just been a massive eye-opener. And I've been taking those those learnings into client meetings since I finished them. And um, I've got to say, it's it's massively improved the the, the quality of client meetings and the the, uh, the connection I'm making with clients. And the video is aimed at the general population or is it aimed at financial advisors? It's, or? it's both really. I mean, I've, I've always set out to have two audiences. I'm definitely financial planners. So next, uh, next week I'll be screening it for the first time at the Institute of Financial Planning uh, annual conference to a room of, I think, about 80 people um, because there's, there's really important messages in there for financial planners and financial advisors who, who want to understand this demographic and understand all the issues they face. But also I, I hope it will appeal to baby boomers as they retire as well just to get them thinking maybe before they go and have a chat with their financial advisor you know what are the, the issues i'm going to face or might face and what, what should i talk to my family about as well it's again it's interesting i, I suppose uh, i was listening to pete matthews podcast the other day and he's talking about what to do when you've got 10 years to retirement I'm not quite 10 years to retirement, but it's probably more like about 16 years. And when I think about how quickly the last 20 has gone, you know, you think, oh, my God, I'm going to have to start thinking about these sort of things. So what do baby boomers, what are their aspirations? Do they want to do they want to get out of uh, out of work, retire early? Do they want to go off around the world? Do they just want to play golf? I don't know. At the no, moment, it's, I uh, <laughs> it, it's a massive mix and everyone we speak to is different. What we're starting to see is a lot more people who genuinely want to keep working for longer. Um, whereas before, I think people who, who were reaching retirement and wanted to keep working were often being forced into that decision because they didn't have sufficient retirement savings or they just couldn't picture a life outside of work in retirement. Um, but these days, people are you know, they're living longer. They're typically a lot healthier when they get to 60, 65. And the, they sort of feel that their, their lifetime of knowledge and experience would be wasted if they, if they simply retired and went off to play golf or, or went on cruises and things. So everyone's different. Getting a big, uh, a big interest from our clients in particular in volunteering opportunities in retirement. So they may want to start working part-time but also starting to give back to the local community through you know, volunteering, through social projects. A lot of people just simply want to spend more time with their family and, and more leisure time and, and just you know, enjoy that, uh, that, that sort of hard-end retirement. So I think it's important we, we approach every, every individual differently and, and don't make too many assumptions about what they want or, or what's best for them. Customer focus has always been a passion of mine in the financial services industry, and I think we're getting a, a lot better at promoting our products to consumers and making them understand the problems that we can help them solve. What have you done with the Boom video to, to be customer focused and to make it interesting for consumers so that it's not just like something else that comes out of a financial services company or, or financial advisor? Um, I think that's, that's an excellent question. Um, I think the, the movie has a real focus on uh, financial planning as opposed to products. Um, so, for example, um, one of the chaps you talked 
talked about Abraham Okasana, one of the guests in the movie, um, is, is in there talking about the six-step financial planning process. And we also have um, Tina Weeks talking about life planning uh, within the movie. So uh, there's no real focus on product sales. And I think that's something that, that the industry, the profession has, has benefited from, is that, that evolution from product selling to financial planning. Um, and trust is coming with that evolution because I think when you, when you try and build trust in an environment where it's all about selling products, it's, it's much more difficult than when you're trying to build trust in an environment where it's about planning to help people realise their goals in life. It does seem that the theme that we have at the moment is it is much more about problem solving, listening to people's problems and also telling stories. And I've heard it said a few times on the Empath podcast already that advisors and indeed providers, the marketing that we do now is much more about education and and financial advisors to a certain extent are teachers. And effectively what you've got here is a very educational, very entertaining, but very pertinent piece of content. Thank you. Yeah, and that, that was the goal, really. It was I, I didn't want to go out there and um, so, for example, there's there's very little branding on there of informed choice. I wanted this to be um, it's to be a movie that was educational, that was hopefully going to get some conversations going, um, but wasn't going to be a, a hard sell. Uh, and even when we get to the financial planning section in the movie, as people will see, hopefully when they when they come around to watch it, there is no hard sell of financial planning. It's quite clear that you know these are the steps you can follow. You can go to a professional, or you can do these things yourself. Um, and we should empower people who feel they can do it themselves to do it themselves. But we should also make it clear that you know, there's a benefit from working with a professional financial planner if that's the route you want to go down. As you were putting the video together, what's worked well and what maybe didn't work well? Tell us about how you modified your approach going through the process. Um, I think a big big learning point for me making this movie is I didn't do enough of that. So I I, I certainly improved my uh, hopefully improved my filmmaking skills as I went first first interview I recorded I was a nervous wreck I was sort of you know shaking to try and put the cameras together and <laughs> panicking that I'd have the wrong angles the wrong lighting the wrong settings I actually did have the wrong settings on one camera so hopefully that improved as I went along and I got a bit more confident about asking the right questions making sure the camera setup was was a bit slicker than before but one of the mistakes I made and happy to admit making this mistake was I left it right to the end before I edited all of my all of the content I captured I think I should have edited it as I went because that would have given me a much better insight into the question to ask the next person and sort of the gaps I had to cover so you, you, you live and learn from making these things and it was my first one I, I hope the second one would, uh, would, would be a lot better in that respect well I was going to say I'm sure the first one will be successful and the sequel will be bigger and even more ambitious and you've already mentioned that you're going to show you do a showing of the, uh, of the video at a, an upcoming conference what's the rollout plan you've got Martin for, the, uh, for Boom um, how are you going to take it to the market um, so the, the main launch is going to coincide with um, Financial Planning Week at the end of November because this is primarily something about a message about financial planning so I wanted to wanted to tie in with that activity so during that week we're, we're hosting a premiere here in Cranley so we've, we've um, rented the local, uh, the local cinema uh, so we've got to fill a couple of hundred seats there to show it to people and um, we've also organised a number of pop-up screenings that IFAs and various other people are, are going to host at their offices or locally for us I think about 15 of those to date have been organised around the UK so that's going to get you know, an opportunity for, for small audiences 10, 20 people to, to you know, sit down and watch it and then for the IFA or financial planner that's hosting that session to start a discussion with those people as well and also yesterday I took a delivery of um, a couple of hundred uh, DVDs 
I've had printed, so we'll we'll be selling those through the website, and um, it will also be available to rent or buy through uh, Vimeo on demand as well. Fantastic. My next question was going to be: Is there going to be a DVD release? But you've already answered that question. But that that's quite exciting. I, I do think that even though we live in a digital world where pretty much everything is downloadable off the internet, you can't beat holding something in your hand, can you? Even though I tend to read the majority of my books now on my Kindle or on my iPad, there is sometimes when it's just great to hold a book in your hand. And I feel the same about films uh, to a certain extent. Sometimes it's just nice to see the DVD and slot it into the machine and, and sit back with your popcorn or your glass of wine. Particularly for this demographic that we're targeting, you know, it's, this is, um, without yeah, making generalisations about a generation, this is a, a generation of people who might be more comfortable with, with a tangible item like a DVD than going to a website and watching a feature-length movie through their, uh, through their computer. Um, so it, it was also about catering for, uh, for that audience. It's a fascinating journey that you've been on Martin starting with the blog moving on to audio moving on to video have you got any more plans for what comes after that um, not immediately. Um, I would like to make another documentary and take everything I've learned about filming, editing, planning, etc. to another documentary. Um, but next year for me is already looking looking quite busy. I'm getting married next summer um, and I've, I'm planning to run my first 100-mile um, ultramarathon. So um, my fiancé is, I think, not directly but indirectly banned me from taking on any more major projects for now. Um, but it will come in maybe two or three years. But I think a, another documentary um, on a related subject would, would be the next the next big one and presumably you're not going to be filming the wedding you're going to get a professional in to do that i think i think yeah i think we'll, we'll get a, a proper photographer a proper filmmaker in to do that for us martin thank you for that fascinating insight into how you've put together boom this film about demographics and baby boomers i can't wait to see it uh, i wish you every success with the uh, with the launch of it but before we go, I always like to finish the Empath podcast with a quick fire round of business questions. Are you happy to stay for a couple more minutes just to co- cover over that? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. If there was one thing that you could change about the financial services industry, you know, somebody gives you that big proverbial magic wand, what would you do? Um, I think that the main thing I would do is, um, is help give advisors a lot more confidence um, about their proposition and, and the value they really add to people's lives. Um, when we look at industry forums and, and sort of comments after various news stories and things, I think a recurring theme we see is, is people lacking that confidence. And it might be confidence about their charging structure or, or just about their proposition or, or acquiring clients. Um, I think as soon as you, you get that confidence, what you do is incredibly valuable and life-changing in many cases. Um, it, it transforms your business and it allows you to, you know, to, to go after much more profitable business and more profitable clients and, and just have a more fulfilling life. What's the one business model, product or campaign that's caught your attention in the last year, even if it was from a competitor? Tell us what it was and what you liked about it. Um, I'm a little unusual in that I, I consciously um, try and avoid um, advertising and, and marketing as much as I can. So I, I don't watch television. I only ever sort of watch stuff on, on catch up. And that's, that's to try and avoid advertising. Um, so whenever I see these things, it's because I've gone out there and, and really had a look for it. Um, the, the one I, I've really admired, and it was a couple of years old now, but this is from outside the industry, is a, a campaign from America called Dumb Ways to Die. Um, and it was um, Australia, one of the Australian railway operators. And it was a car cartoon series about rail safety uh, started as a YouTube video which went viral and then there was a song and an iPhone game um, I think it was fantastic it was really catchy um, using these cute 
cartoon characters who were you know, experiencing casual violence, which I think is just a perfect, perfect mix in terms of grabbing attention. Tell us about an app or a gadget that's made a huge difference to your life and or your business. Um, again, a personal, personal gadget that um, has been really important for me is, is sort of activity tracking. I think this is something that's going to grow over the next sort of decade or so to, to you know, encompass a lot more of what we do in our lives. So for me, it's my, my Garmin uh, GPS watch. And I use it to track, uh, track exercise. So every time I run, swim, walk, etc., uh, I track what I've do- done in terms of activity and I upload it to, to Garmin Connect. And there's a great then social element of, of competing with, with others you know about how much, uh, how much activity you've undertaken. And finally, what's the best business book you've ever read? Tell us why you like it so much and what you took from it. Um, well, I got a Kindle for my, my birthday after years of um, resisting uh, becoming a Kindle convert and, and wanting to read, uh, read paperbacks. Uh, so I got one for my birthday. I'm reading an awful lot more now. I think the, the best business book I've read is, is um, it's called Essentialism, uh, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by a chap called uh, Greg McKeown. Uh, and it's, it's just fantastic in showing you how to, to pay your life down to the essentials and say, say no more often and focus on doing less but to a much, much higher standard. Thanks, Martin. And as always, I'll link to your favourite business book and I'll also link to your website and your contact details in the show notes for this podcast. And you can find that at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash empath. That's M-P-A-F. But before we go, Martin, why don't you tell everyone how they can connect with you on Twitter, LinkedIn, Google Plus, wherever it is. And of course, your own informed choice website and perhaps the, uh, the Boom website as well. Thank you. Um, so best way to get hold of me is usually Twitter because I've got that on, uh, on most of the time and sort of see what's going on. So my Twitter name is Martin Bamford. Um, the website for the movie is uh, www.boom.co.uk so uh, and our website for the business is icl-ifa.co.uk. Martin, thank you so much for talking to me today. Let me wish you every success with that launch and also with the IFA business and hope to catch up with you at some industry event for a beer quite soon. Thanks very much, Roger. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Protection and Finance Podcast, also known as the Empath Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash empath for links to the apps and books and topics we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, I'd be grateful if you would leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a comment. If you are a provider, advisor or journalist and you have a product, campaign or business model that you want to talk about, do please get in touch. I'd be delighted to have you as a guest on the Empath Podcast. And before we go, just to remind you that nothing that my guests and I talked about on the show is intended to be financial advice of any kind. It's just our thoughts and opinions. Okay? Okay.